Hey everyone, just uh, just like last episode, I wanted to take a moment before we get into the episode and let you know, um, first off, this is our last Life is Strange episode because it is the last episode on Life is Strange so far. Um, so if you are listening to this and you have enjoyed our Life is Strange episodes, please go ahead and check out um, the rest of our catalog. There's a lot of games that share a lot of um, like themes and DNA with Life is Strange that we've covered. So you know, if you have any interest in them, go ahead and, and play them and go ahead and, and give us a listen. Um, we would really appreciate that. Also, I just wanted to make sure we plug again our new YouTube series, We Must Build a Zoo, which is now uh, chapter one is out on YouTube. You can watch Duncan and I go through and play um planet zoo and do our absolute damnedest to make a zoo that is not total trash uh and you can see kind of our our misadventures there it's it's highly edited it's a lot of fun we'd appreciate it if you if you watched it and um gave us a little feedback and unironically smash that like button and you know go ahead and subscribe and i will never say those words again in sequence but i wanted to get it out there at one point and i'm happy with it um so i recommend finding paradise to the moon or eliza i think those are all fun episodes that if you like this kind of stuff, you'd probably like that, too. Absolutely. Um, also, all very good games. All right. All right. Let's get right into it. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at one story or narrative-focused game and give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Dunkarino, <laughs> or Duncan for short. God damn it. You can call me either one. I'll take either. I think that's the quickest you broke me in any episode we've ever done. Um, this week, we are covering Life is Strange 2, Episode 5, Wolves, the final episode in the Life is Strange 2 story arc. Um, it came out just recently. I believe it came out December 3rd, uh, and you can pick it up anywhere you picked up the previous versions of Life is Strange 2, so I think it's pretty much all consoles and PC. Um, yep. Yeah, so we're uh, we're really excited. As we mentioned at the top, this is the last episode of Season 2 of Life is Strange, so like, feels like the end of a saga. It's been a, a year-long journey, yeah. and here we are, finally here. End of an era, baby. Um, obviously, we're all really excited. Both of us are really excited to just dive right into it, so... Um, from the top, these are going to be spoils. Oh, so many spoilers spoils. for the whole, just for the whole game. So honestly, maybe for you... season one and before the storm too, just to be on the safe side. I don't know. Yeah, that as well. So if you're interested in the story of Daniel and Sean, you could listen to our previous episodes to get caught up, or actually play the game. You know, we tell a great version. <laughs> we, of the story, we are so. very good historically at summarizing what happens in the story of video games. So like, that's good. But yeah. maybe it's served better as a companion piece than a substitute. So I would, you know, maybe go play the game. Sure. So from this point on, <laughs> when I go, that's it. That's all spoilers. So what? what a no. Sound effect no. That's that's it. You got it. You did a good job. Thanks. Uh, so <laughs> let's. You just want to dive in. You want to? I, we. I feel like we have a lot to say. So I think maybe we just dive in. Yeah, all right. right So, um, as we've mentioned before, and as we've done for basically every previous Life is Strange game um, in season two, we're just going to kind of step through what happens um, and kind of big chunks of like, hey, this scene and then this scene and kind of talk about it in context. So do you want to start us off, Duncan, or do you want me to? Yeah, I'll start start us off here. Let's do it. Um, So it has been some amount of time. (laughs) Damn, got it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it was like a couple months, probably. Yeah, uh, this is what we were um, talking about when you said we're very good at summarizing the stories <laughs> of the game. 
<laughs> so yeah, okay, it's been a couple months, and you start the game off in some sort of Grand Canyon-esque space. Mm-hmm. Lots of, lots of large, uh, Is that beautiful... the Grand Canyon? It's not the Grand Canyon, but it looks, a... it's, it is a canyon. Okay. No, the Grand Canyon is huge and commercialized, and there's, like, a lot of stuff around it. So I assume they just can't, like, chill around the Grand Canyon. I've never been to the Maybe Grand I'm Canyon, wrong. but I feel like they could. I have once. Okay, then you know so better than I'm me. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, because there are, like, little smaller canyons around the Grand Canyon. Mm. Anyways, this is nothing. <laughs> so we, so Sean and Daniel are sitting by the canyon, and they're just kind of, like, they wake up, and Daniel is waking up Sean to see this beautiful kind of sunrise along the um, along the canyons, and they're camping. And they start to head back, and as they're talking, we learn that they have been with um, Karen in this small sort of, like, outcast villager town. Uh, they've been living there for a couple months. So they were just kind of out there stargazing and um, enjoying camping. So they come back to this camp where this is kind of our, like, hub level for the first part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, in which we meet the people that Karen lives with, uh, like a couple um, that is drinking coffee. That's all I know about them, really. That's and, most of and what the artist you have to know about that. <laughs> an artist who makes cool sculptures. Mm-hmm. She's like kind of just this uh, – Daniel's a vi- big fan of her. Mm-hmm. And Karen, and a special guest we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. But I'll give you a hint. His name starts with a D, and it's David. <laughs> Got to him much quicker than I thought then. Yeah, then this this kind of hard to summarize in my mind, like what happens in a way. Because yeah. I want to, let's just talk about everything that happens in a way, and then, which is the name of this, um, like, weird town that they live in. And then we'll kind of go from there. Um, so you spend the next hour or so in this town kind of walking around, being introduced to these people, talking to them briefly, um, kind of helping uh, Joanne build some new artwork with um, Daniel in a way that you kind of get to choose what sort of artwork you want. Um, and then after, again, mostly meandering around looking at things, you know, life is strange type stuff, um, you help Karen because she, like, went out for a grocery run with David um, and kind of, like, help her bring the groceries in and talk with David a little bit, um, which that's a conversation that, again, I don't want to touch on too much right now because we have a lot to say about it. Um, so you, you talk with him and then kind of have a little bit of a talk with Karen um, after which she um, asks you and Daniel to join her on a, like a night hike, like an all-day hike, um, where she explains, hey, you know, this is great. We really enjoyed having you guys here. I, I really do love you. But just so you know, the feds are they're pretty much onto us, and they're going to be here. So you guys have to make for the border if you're going to make for the border, um, at which point, you know, you come back, spend a little bit of time saying goodbye to everybody, have another longer conversation with David, uh, and then say your goodbyes to Karen. She, you know, explains her plan is to... You know, they they know about the fire that she, you know, was a part of with the end of episode four, how that whole church went up. And she's like, hey, I'm going to go, you know, buy you a little time by turning myself in when the cops come here. That way they won't go looking for you immediately. And then you and Daniel share, you know, a kind of sad goodbye with Karen and drive off to the border. Um, And that is kind of the honestly the first half of this game i feel like about half of the episode takes place in a way uh, and not a whole it's ton crazy. happens in there it's just a lot of like walking around introspective looking at things and having kind of like conversations with characters it's crazy how long that took 
for the game to get through, but we summarized it in like two seconds. I, as I was like, going through, I was like, I'm missing just, something. I'm missing something. No, I'm yeah. actually not. Yeah, there's really just like no matters of substance here. The only things that I noticed during this time that I think is somewhat important is I think I started to notice my Daniel's like personality mm-hmm. come through. Uh, because as as previous listeners might know, I have a random Daniel, not my original <laughs> Daniel. Um, I had to get rid of that one. Uh, oh, but, no. <laughs> that Daniel uh, was no this, good. I had to kick that one to the curb. But this random Daniel's fucking rude. I don't know about you, but when I was building the structure, the this, this sculpture, he's like, oh, it's nothing like the original piece. You fool. You idiot. <laughs> I liked it that way. Wow. But uh, so no, that's, he's that's very... very um. He's very, uh, he's a little bit more aggressive, um, and a little bit more like, uh, I, in the scene in the desert, like before he like grabs a scorpion mm-hmm. and he starts like playing with it. And the, Sean's like, Hey, like put that down. It's not doing anything to you. And he clearly kind of just wants to kill it maybe. <laughs> um, and at that moment I was like, Oh, my Daniel's pretty fucked up right now. So that's the only kind of thing i noticed in this scene and it's not like i haven't been noticing that throughout the entire series already so you know yeah i think that's fair i i think it is interesting that that started to kind of come to the forefront because when you messaged me it was like wow daniel's kind of a dick in this scene and like this this first half here i was like oh really mine is like relatively respectful and nice and he'll listen and he's not like you know when i was building the sculpture he was like oh this will be cool let's do that and like just giving random ideas and you know it it, it was a very you know, brotherly and happy relationship. So it it is kind of interesting to see how much that does impact. And I, I kind of wonder what the triggers are there, but it is, I think that's a neat thing to, to have started to come through. Um, yeah. We can talk about these characters you meet in the town, but here's the thing. Nah. We don't need to, cause they're not, we've talked to them for like, we have, I think two conversations with each character. Um, yeah. Joanne has a little bit of personality, and that's about it. And Arthur and Stanley, the couple, have very, very little. Um, maybe if we spent another hour or two with these characters, I would say, like, oh, they're really interesting. But, like, we just... I, I fail yeah. to understand why we were even introduced to these characters at this point. It It's 100% the fil- definition of filler. And mm-hmm. I think David is the same way. And I think we should probably travel back to David... Yeah later let's just kind of like move on to get to the good the good stuff here. okay yeah we can uh, we can keep going on and then we'll wrap back around yeah. there um you want to take so, it from leaving we take the car we head out and the two of you drive and there's kind of the scene in between i don't know if you got this as well um but daniel's a little bummed out because he mm-hmm. did actually kind of enjoy the desert yeah. and they have this conversation where he's like hey man like you'll fit in wherever you are. It doesn't matter if you're in Mexico or here or wherever. And he's like, we don't even like, how are we going to get money? And he's like, I'll get a job. I don't even know Spanish. I'll teach you Spanish. And uh, Sean's just kind of like stacking the, um, the things that they're going to do there Mm -hmm. when they get there and reassuring Daniel that everything's going to be okay. How did uh, Um, Daniel take all of that near him? Cause I definitely did have that conversation. uh, Pretty well, actually. Okay. Um, it, I think, I think the definitions that we get into is like of how Daniel, uh, behaves based on what you've made is whether he's more selfish for both of you or, 
you know, does the right thing. So I think that conversation still stayed in the realm of, like, not selfish, but, like, more about maintaining themselves. Okay. He, even in my version, he still likes Sean plenty. It's just it's kind of a dick sometimes. <laughs> um, but And then um, they finally reach the border, and it's this huge wall as you might know <laughs> um and dan uh sean then get out of the car and he's like all right man like do what you gotta do and he kind of like holds his shoulder and he's trying to bend this wall so the car can fit through mm. and it's this like you know huge moment of his powers and he bends these like giant steel girders and beams and stuff like that and he makes an opening for them and he like basically almost passes out yeah and uh sean brings him back up to speed here they start walking back to the car and then a bullet grazes daniel's shoulder and two goons two of these <laughs> shitty shitty fucking people start driving around uh and one of them goes oh i told you it was a kid and it's these two fucking just these big losers they're called madison and luke um who patrolled the border looking for immigrants trying to come over to america and uh, madison is blaming you for blowing a giant hole in the wall which makes no sense at all because there's like no signs of any sorts of explosions but she's just looking for anything to you know blame you uh i mean there is a massive hole in the wall so you you would look at that and go like okay something happened there i'm not trying to defend these two people (laughs) i actually think it's great that you described these like bounty hunter racist vigilantes as goons and losers (laughs) yeah well they are they i mean they're like they're probably the worst characters in this entire five episode series. Like, yeah, they probably behave the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, so monsters. yeah, yeah. So the cops catch on, they come in um, and they're like, Hey, uh, Madison and Luke are like, Hey, we, uh, we had a deal with, uh, with this one guy. And they're like, that guy's not on duty. What the fuck are you two <laughs> You doing just shot here? a kid. What the fuck? Yeah, so the tensions run high. Uh, they, it's this kind of cool scene where um, they put a bag over, uh, like a burlap sack over Sean's head. Mm-hmm. So like the view as the player is just you being like rotated and tussled around with this burlap sack on your head, and it's kind of scary. Yeah, and um, then the cops take both of you in. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about this as a whole. Okay, because I think there's some. I think there's a couple things here before I move on to the next scene here. All right. Um, I guess what I want to know is, do you do you think this actually happens? Do you think these vi- type of vigilantes exist in this world? Or is it like, I I don't know. I, I didn't would... find these, these two characters are terrible people, but I just, part of me just doesn't believe that someone like this would exist frequently enough for that to really be a character i mean i don't think they exist frequently by any means but i do i would 100 percent that people believe that there are people who patrol the border looking for illegal immigrants trying to cross over i don't know that i would think they you know have a rifle and shoot kids without like driving up to them first trying to detain them um but i absolutely believe that there are people that would you know patrol the border trying to stop immigrants because they are so like 
I mean, I, I want to say like devout in their beliefs, but really what I mean is they're so fucking racist. Um, yeah. So, but hey, I don't think um, it's common. I'm looking on Google while you were talking about that, and this is just a cursory glance of something I probably should have looked a little bit more into, but there's a handful of articles about uh, about vigilantes on the border. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, yeah, no, okay. Hey. All right, so. People fucking <laughs> suck a lot. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that... it was very convenient that they showed up, obviously, because, like, you know, it had to for the sake of the game, but. Right. I, I wonder, I almost wonder, though, could, like, the cops just should could have shown up just as fast because David gives them a police scanner and, like, they just kind of leave that behind. And I think almost, like, on his bad to not, like, keep that with him as advised. So I wonder if they could have just skipped straight to the cops and skipped these two. But, mm. you know, I think it's... Yeah, I, I also like that Daniel just immediately passes out because a bullet grazes his shoulder. And immediately the police are like, ah, oh, he'll probably be fine. It just grazed his shoulder, but he is just out <laughs> for the fucking count. So from there, obviously, you um, you get taken into prison. The cops recognize you as Sean because you, you know, start screaming for your brother when he gets shot and calling him Daniel. And they immediately go like, oh, are you Sean Diaz? And then arrest you. Um, so the next scene kind of opens with you, um, in, you know, as Sean in a jail cell, um, and it is you, and in the same cell as you is a Mexican family that doesn't speak any English, um, a kind of a, a man and his pregnant wife, Carla and Diego, uh, and then across from you, um, you know, just separated by some bars is Madison and Luke kind of staring at you angrily and here you get kind of a conversation with carla and diego where they explain kind of you know hey this is why we are trying to get to america this is you know how many times we have tried to get to america um and then on the other side you get madison and luke you know yelling about keeping people out of their country and yelling about how they're just trying to defend their country from you know crooks and criminals and carla and diego talking about how they are trying to you know escape the violence rampant throughout Mexico uh, and you, you get a little bit there and then as that is going on a cop comes in and kind of like takes you specifically out of the cell and brings you into a room to begin interrogating you um, and then just you know asks you some mundane questions but also is just sort of relaying the events of the game to you in a way that's like hey here's kind of what happened you know here are all of the things that are stacked against you now to kind of you know, ground you in the gravity of what Sean is potentially facing, being tried as an adult for, you know, murder and explosions and destruction of property and fleeing arrest and just a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and, and the cop kind of makes it clear, like, hey, one of these things maybe would have been okay. Two of them would have been bad luck, but we could believe it. But, like, with how much has happened here, like, it is not on uh, Something is going on. It's not unlucky and, like realistically you're going to jail there's no way around that um you know let's talk about what can happen with daniel um and as this conversation is happening obviously you know things start shaking and it becomes pretty clear very quickly that daniel has you know woken up and escaped from the infirmary and he breaks you out of the interrogation room and then you you know he he fucks up this whole jail pretty badly you, like, yeah. leave, and there's just, you know, doors are blown open. There's cops passed out along the walls. Things are, like, you know, basically on fire. Um, so you run past, and you have the option to, you know, free and speak with either Carla and Diego or Madison and Luke. And, you know, if you choose to, you could do, I think, either or both. Yeah. Um, you can also take revenge on Madison and Luke if you choose to. Um, but basically what happens is you, you know, you and Daniel go to escape. Two police officers try to apprehend you, and, you know, one way or another you subdue them whether that is by like locking them in a closet or having daniel intervene because you don't make a choice or having daniel just straight fucking murder the cops 
um, which there's some options there. Um, I'm curious what most <laughs> of those looked like because I only did one of them. Uh, and then you escape Oops. from there, get, get your stuff back, uh, and you know get into a truck and flee towards the border, which is where we get the final scene here. So I want to talk about this this whole jail scene in general and kind of how you felt about it because I this was definitely this felt like what I didn't expect to be the scene right before the end. I expected a longer ramp up, but this is the point where I started to kind of get bought in a little bit because the tension is ratcheted up so high so quickly. Yeah. I mean the, the moment from escape to car was great. Like jail cell escape to car was great. Mm -hmm. I think everything before was okay. Uh, I did like the conversation with Carl and Diego quite a lot because it's this sort of like realization. I, I don't know if that's it. It's it's a cool conversation point where they talk about like, oh, you want to go to Mexico? Oh, weird. Oh, it it sucks there right now. Yeah, and, um, you know, they admit you should it's be beautiful, careful. but yeah. it's just going to be not as easy as you think it is to live there because it is. You know, there is and a then, lot of gang violence. And then Sean can pre can say like, "Hey, it's just as bad here, pretty much." Which <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Sean, but maybe. Uh, so, and I mean, it just depends on where too. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so like they, uh, I like that conversation point, but I definitely was a lot more sold on it, and it was something I've been kind of waiting for to like. Let's jack the intensity. Like, if you're gonna give a boy infinite telekinetic powers with no consequences of overuse, mm -hmm. like. Let's fucking do it. You know what I mean? Like, like let's... his nose doesn't even bleed. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. And that's a, a that's a child with super powered staple. It is. Look at life is life is strange one and Stranger Things. Whoa. <laughs> Holy shit. Strange in it. Oh man. How deep does the conspiracy oh. go? Um... Too deep. But no, I I think this is a great this is a great way to ramp it up, and it definitely subverted my expectations in a couple ways. I will say like. Daniel was very chill with just like killing a bunch of people, just doing a murder, just doing a couple murders. And like, I don't know. I yeah, feel did like your Daniel kill the cops, like the two cops that are approach you. I, that scene, I, I do want to say, I really liked that scene because it is just two cops slowly approaching you in a hall and you having options to kind of like choose what to try and interact with and finding the correct thing while always having the option of kill those cops. Yeah, I um, I was. I was spamming the button, like the action button by accident, like, cause I wanted to do one thing, mm -hmm. but it overlapped the cops, which was kill the cops. And I killed them by Ooh, accident. How does that guy? I wanted I'm, to do something else. I'm very curious oh, how that seems like he force lists them like Darth, Darth Vader and twist their spines and twain and they oh. fall to the ground and die. And then they just move on from that. And he goes, I think our stuff is in this locker. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck, Daniel? <laughs> oh, your Daniel's fucking cold. <laughs> At that point, I realized that I have a bad Daniel. <laughs> Whatever happened in episode three that I didn't get to choose was bad. <laughs> oh wow, right. that's fucked up. Yeah, if he, you know, if you choose to subdue them by throwing them in the closet, they just like walk a little further forward, and then Daniel force pushes <clears throat> them into a door and closes it, and like drops something in front of it, so they're locked in there. But they're both very much alive. Yeah, and then you pick up your bags, and guess what? $143, baby. That's how much money you had left? Yeah, baby. That's and not it matters money. so much. <laughs> yeah, I will Ugh, yeah, the money <laughs> the money thing. I had like a grand left and it just it really 
legitimately only makes the difference in episode one for five minutes. That's all that matters with the money. I don't understand why they were keeping such close track of that. <laughs> but yeah. whatever, so, it's fine. Anyways, um I do um yeah, I, I will say yeah. I, I enjoyed the scene quite a bit. Like I said, I, I think it ratcheted ratcheted up the tension. Um speaking with the um the discussion between Carla and Diego and Madison and Luke, I liked when you were talking to Carla and Diego, like about you know, Mexico and your journey. And I, I liked the kind of switch to Sean speaking Spanish. You could tell he was kind of, you know, he doesn't do it frequently. So he's kind of searching for the words, but was definitely able to communicate no problem. Um, and I, I, that felt like a really good conversation. It was when Carla and Diego started, or like uh, Diego specifically starts arguing with Madison in between like the jail cell about how he wants a better life. And she is also that. And like, it got very, I don't want to say like, tropey but it did it lacked the nuance the conversation before it had had like it didn't you know i was kind of explaining this to my brother to kind of like work through hey this is you know what i saw and i think he summed it up really well which is like at the beginning i felt like hey carla and diego are interesting characters i would like to talk to them more and have a little more with them but the minute that they had like diego arguing with madison they ceased to be characters and started to become bumper stickers and like, yeah, it was just, good... it felt really, really, really heavy handed in a way that I think the politics of this game have not felt nearly as heavy handed in the past. They have tried to at least be like, you know, it, you know, it's not like they have tried to present super nuanced views, but they have tried to do it in a way that didn't just feel like it was parroting every shitty conversation you see online or every, you know, garbage Fox News clip or something, right? Like it. It, yeah. it lost a lot of it there for me. Um, and then also you for have me, the option to, like, free yeah. them afterwards, which, uh, yeah, free, like, Carla and Diego looked at the stats. Like, I think basically every single person freed them as they walked past. But you can, like, free Madison and Luke, and I'm just like, yo, why? No. Why would I <laughs> yeah, do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that I thought was kind of, like, in that same vein, kind of heavy uh, handed was when you and Daniel walk up to the wall. This is you know backtracking a little bit, mm-hmm. but he's like, "What is yeah. what is this?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I don't know. It, it's a it's a border, man." And then he then sh- uh, sorry, um, Daniel Daniel says, "Did they have one of these in the north too?" Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just thought that was like really like I get what you're trying to say, it but it's so ham fisted. And it just doesn't, it feels like a bad meme. I don't know. It's just not good. I think it could have been okay, right? Because, like, I could understand being a 10-year-old and seeing that and being like, is this what all borders are like? Um, And, but I think Sean then, like, tries to, he's like, I don't know, man. It's not. I I don't know why. Like, I would, it would have worked for me a lot more if Sean was just like, because they fucking hate us because we're not white or something like that. Like, if he just actually leaned into like, hey, this is what's going on this kid's about to blow a fucking hole in the wall. Like, okay, cool. Let's be there. But he tried to be like almost coy about it in a way that, yeah, it, it ended up feeling really. Yeah. And also I have a hard time believing that they've spent almost probably a year, years worth of time traveling to the border. And they've never talked about why the border is there or like what it is and what it means. You know what I mean? Like I just, I have yeah. a hard time believing that. And so. I mean, Sean has a little piece of dialogue talking about how he didn't expect it to be such a big wall. He thought it was just going to be like some barbed wire and a fence or something. Um, yeah. But and even I, so. I might be wrong on this, but also I don't think this is like the Great Wall of China, like huge across the entire south border. I think there are parts of it that are like 
basically just what he was describing. Yeah, there are I definitely mean, there are parts, parts that are not. Uh, there are parts that are more heavily secured, and there are parts that are not. I, they just chose a bad one to go to. Yeah, and there's a lot of bad choices in this one. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, you want to move on so we can get? To yeah, the, you want to take us through the the, the um, ending sequence, and then oh, we can kind of talk about the end. Boy, do I ever! Boy, do I ever! So, um, in Sean's infinite wisdom, he starts <laughs> driving away, and you would think. He has a couple options here. He could lay low for a little bit. He could go to the hole that they made in the border wall. Ah, well, maybe there's some cops there, but maybe there's not. They could blow a new hole in the wall somewhere else. They could blow a new hole in the wall. Yeah, they could drive a different direction. Daniel could fly their car over the border wall with his telekinesis akin to pounds and pounds of TNT. Daniel could psychically push the dirt around and make a giant hole so they could pass underground Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things they could do (laughs) sean in his infinite wisdom decides to drive directly to the border point where you know common citizens would go through the real and actual border border checkpoint that would normally have cops in the event of nothing happening yes and he decides to drive there immediately and says oh shit there's cops here (laughs) so many cops here why it's just the dumbest decision Sean has ever made, and it's totally unbelievable that he wouldn't think this. A, he has a police radio in the car mm-hmm. that he knew he knew how to use. David taught him how to use it. And it's obvious as hell, but he still did it. Part of me thinks that the final choice that we're about to get here is what he knew they would have had to make either way. Mm-hmm. Because there is some hints beforehand where David, you talk to David and he says, you know, hey, I think you should turn yourself in because, you know, it won't be bad for uh, Daniel. So I think maybe he's like, well, this is the end of the line. Either we like bust through or we don't. Um, And maybe it's like this is the easier point of entry, but it still doesn't make a lot of sense. And he didn't justify his reasoning. Yeah. So with that out of the way, um, he drives to the border checkpoint and there are like. Mm, probably like 20 to 30 cop cars around um, the front and then some behind them. And you and Daniel have like a brief conversation about like, oh, this is the end of the line. And Mm -hmm. Daniel asks how the story of the two wolves end, which I got to say, it worked pretty well for me. That that question, I like that quite a bit because they've been stringing this narrative of like this fantasy tale about two wolves and it's just reflecting. And now it's like, how does it end? Mm -hmm. And you now get the choice to say, give up surrender or let's bust through. Mm -hmm. By the way, agent Flores from episode three, four, four four is Mm -hmm. there uh, to, um, to be like, hey, get out of the car. We're, we know best. We want best for, you know, what's best for you. Yeah, so I want to take liar. this moment. Yeah, she's a liar. We <laughs> want. I want to take this moment to ask you what you picked, and then we'll go through what our um, what our results were. Yeah. Um, I, I think this choice presented to us was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. I think I, I sat there, and I did think about it for a little bit um, because I was like, okay, like, what are the potential consequences of this one way or another? Like, as the brothers, would I trust law enforcement at this point? Would I, you know, how would I feel? Um, and I ended up um, landing on, you know, 
I think largely I did this because I thought narratively it was maybe more interesting. Um, and I landed on like, fuck it, let's get through. Like, yeah, come on, Daniel, you and me were busting through this joint. Um, and also part of it is because like the option of surrender is just the option of surrender and the option of like we bust through has like the little blue border around it, meaning Daniel's going to use his powers. And I was pretty interested in that. And every time I've seen that <laughs> option, I took it and I was like, you know what? Let's fucking do it. Let's see what happens here. Um, so then I, I ended up choosing that one. Yeah, I also did the exact same thing, pretty much for the same reason, and I just thought, like, and again, sort of a meta game narrative thing where I'm like, they're not going to both die here if I choose this option. I there was has not to be an 100% option. sure that they wouldn't both die. I thought there was maybe a, you know, um, you know, invisible checks on the back end that was like okay well you didn't do this you didn't do that you didn't do that so they both die or something i didn't sure. expect it but i thought it wasn't impossible you know i i can see that so yeah i i pretty much made the same choice for the same reasons yay we have so many differences we're but not just the same person we did not but... end up with the same ending because this game exactly. uh has you know it is again it's a binary choice like life is strange one the ending of it was but there is a kind of secondary factor to it that is, you know, how have you like impacted Daniel's life and kind of that becomes a second binary choice of does Daniel think like it's more important to try to be a good person and follow the rules or does he think it's more important to put your relationship above the safety and like rules of other people uh, and we are Daniels felt differently about that where I believe mine yes. wanted to follow the rules and yours wanted to just preserve your guys' relationship. Yeah. And it's cool that it's kind of like it is kind of Daniel's choice, which is kind of your choice because you've been raising him throughout the entire game, which is like it's definitely a choice that I could have predicted would be um, to be made. Mm -hmm. But it is like a good thing that that finally wrapped around in a somewhat satisfying way. And I think we'll get into it more about like, you know, like how they tracked things and yeah. if you thought it was accurate or not. But I think it was really a cool, nice way to wrap all those times where I felt like I raised Daniel good or I raised Daniel bad yeah. kind of moments. It, it was very satisfying. And I really appreciate that they didn't tell you that. was Like, you don't have an indication that's going to happen. <laughs> you don't have a good or bad Daniel. Yes, better. there's no like, oh, well, <laughs> Daniel is 88% renegade. So this, it's just like, hey make this choice and then Daniel will also be making a choice and you don't get any option on what he chooses at this point. Um, and I, yeah. I think that made it feel much more dynamic than it had felt for a lot of the rest of the game. Sure. So let's, let's, let's run through these endings. I'll, um, I'll do mine first, I guess. Okay. And then yeah. We'll there's four yours, total we'll that we'll get through. Two. I think there's variations. So there's technically seven, but there's four. Yeah. Yeah. So mine is I ripped through shit and Daniel said, Oh yeah! Oh hell yeah! Let's do this. So he uh, he yeah. walks out of the car. Daniel's and it a is fucking badass, and it is man. so cool. It is so cool, man. He walks out of the car, and they're like, "Hey, put your hands up," kind of thing. And Sean's just looking from the car, like, "You're about to get your shit torn up." <laughs> and um, uh, Daniel, like that, like kind of like air uh, tornadoing around him begins, and he just starts pushing people away starts pushing cars away and he's doing this with style like there are other endings where he tears through stuff mm. but this is like full super villain like magneto shit like where he's just tearing through people and um like there's a point where they just open fire on him mm -hmm. and he just creates a massive barrier of like f force against these bullets and i thought he was going to like 
reverse them against <laughs> everyone. Uh, but he just kind of threw them aside. Uh, but then to end everything, he like has this massive rage moment where he like throws all of the cars in the ground like upwards mm-hmm. and then breaks the the uh, the checkpoint completely open. And he's it's not so winded. Fucking cool. It's really cool. He's not winded. He's not tired. He's just like he walks back in the car and he's like, "We can go now." And <laughs> it was powerful. Oh, this it's was, so good. This is my favorite part about my ending. The rest, eh, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. So six years later, you see a bulletin board. And it's just kind of detailing some things that have happened because you made it to Porto Lobos. And it kind of cuts to the scene where you're working at Diaz Repairs, which is kind of cool nod to, you know, what your dad did and everything yeah. like that. And it is grown up Daniel who is jacked along. <laughs> he's not like buff buff, but he is pretty. He looks pretty swole. Yeah. And so is Sean. And uh, he's looking through this book of like you know the drawings and sketches that he's done along the way that sean's done and you see sean who's no longer wearing an eye patch and just has this like scary black eye (laughs) backing away as uh three um gang members kind of like push towards him and um daniel puts the book down and force pushes people around and like makes this guy's elbow twist in a really unnatural way him up so bad and they all run away, and the two of them kind of, like, smile and nod at each other and uh, go to the back, and they share, presumably, a beer mm-hmm. and just sit on the beach and watch the sunset and kind yeah. of, like, smile and, like, punch each other's arms, like, playfully. And, yeah, and they're all, know. like, tatted up and everything. And um, in both of the endings where Daniel ends up in Mexico, you get, like, on those, the pictures you get on a bulletin board are part of every ending, and the ones you get when Daniel's in Mexico are a lot of like, you know, here's this beat up place they lived in, and here's this news clipping about like a gang hideout that was robbed, and like there was explosions, and two people died on it. It's like very clear that yes, they run a repair shop, but also they are involved in gang related activities. Yeah, and also, um, uh, if you pick this one, you specifically get a comic that. I assume that that Sean has made the front cover of that's just called Wolves. And it's this really cool, like dark, gritty, like two hooded, like anthro ish wolf characters with Mm -hmm. like scary eyes and force hands. It's cool. Yeah, I like that. It was a a lot. This was a very jarring ending to watch after the fact, given how mine goes, because it is just not even close to similar. My the ending that I had felt like um, it kind of. I, I wanted to make this comparison, and I'm not sure if it works, so you can tell me if it doesn't. But okay. it felt a lot like the ending of Dr. Horrible, but without the part where he's sad at the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like they got everything they want. They are, like, truly, like, I mean, they run a repair shop, but obviously they've, like, they have a storage locker filled with, like, a ton of money. Yeah. I assume that not all of that's from repair shops. Oh, and no, it's like, that's from robbing gangs. Yeah, that's from robbing gangs. And it's like, they have become, I assume, what their dad did not want them to become. But, you know, due to the circumstances and everything like that, they have become. And I think, you know, they've kind of accepted the fact that this is where they're at and they're just happy to be together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no sort of like, I feel like in this ending, there's no regret in any way that they have. 
you don't you're not visibly shown a lot of regret no yeah you could assume some things but it's not shown enough to you where you feel like this ending negatively impacted them and very much mm-hmm. except for the fact that they you know became gang they became part of the problem but also daniel's a actual supervillain. yeah so that was my ending yeah um so my ending was quite a bit different again we we both chose the same thing um but i was like hey no we're gonna do it we're gonna break through um and in my ending um because daniel is different sean just like guns it at the truck and was like no we get through and daniel's like i don't want to hurt anyone else um which is not how he feels in your ending um (laughs) and you kind of tell him like it's too late we have to do it um and then as you are driving the truck through, Daniel starts using his powers to like throw a bunch of police car out of the way. It's similar to what happened in Duncan's ending, but a lot less intense. Um, he just basically clears a path and hurts some people. Um, but as he's doing this, he says, like, I'm sorry, I can't go with you. Like, enjoy your time in Mexico. Don't turn back for me. And then, like, as soon as you are about to cross the border, Daniel, like, pops the door off of the car and, like, jumps out and rolls to the ground. And you just, like... You know, you scream for him, but keep driving away. Um, also, damn, Daniel, that's got to hurt at least a little bit. You just literally jumped out of a car going like I 40 think, miles an hour. I think he may have like force levitated himself a little bit. To we have to assume. Easier. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. he might be dead, um, <laughs> which would be a really sad ending. <laughs> yeah. um, in which case, you get, um, you know, you get Agent Flores coming up and like looking a little shocked, but handcuffing Daniel. And then they like take him away as you see Sean driving off in the distance um, and nobody decides to go after him, which is, yep, okay. Uh, and then... Yeah, their cars are broken. Well, that's true. That's true. Uh, then you get the same bulletin board thing, but instead of the kind of, like, life in Mexico, life with the gang, you see, like, a bunch of images of Daniel growing up throughout the years and being, like, with his grandparents and getting his first car and getting ready to move out um, and just, like, kind of living his life. Uh, and then you get the same six-year time jump and it is daniel living inside of his grandparents house kind of like standing by the door looking at like you know watching the grandpa mow the yard um, you've seen some pictures of like him and chris hanging out now that they're you know back together again um and he gets a letter in the mail and opens up that letter and it is a picture of you know sean um and in my particular variation it's a picture of sean and cassidy in like mexico and puerto lobos um and you just see Daniel kind of, like, look at it, happy that he's alive and his brother is alive. Um, and then he kind of, like, uses his powers to show the pictures to their grandma and then dumps out a little bit of sand from the envelope because, you know, Sean had sent them sand from, from Puerto Lobos, which is nice. Uh, and then you get, like, a little zoom down showing that Daniel is, like, not really free. He's under house arrest. But that that was, like, you know, it was the ending to their story was, like, hey, both of them were able to achieve kind of what they wanted, but they had to give up you know being together and daniel ended up having to give up his freedom to get it um which i actually i thought was like a pretty satisfying ending to me was like hey their their bond meant a lot but what they were you know their goals and what they were raised and what they wanted to be conflicted too much so they couldn't be together um and as such they both were able to ostensibly lead happy lives but they were able to you know they were only able to do that without having each other in it anymore um yeah which is it, per- it was a sad ending, but I liked it. I particularly really like the like rolling out of the car thing. The, the like Daniel's choice to be like, have fun in Mexico. You know, I'm I'm out. It, it seemed like a really like 
I, it seemed like a really intelligent choice to make in that moment. A very not let's drive to the border checkpoint choice to make. Um, <laughs> I like that. I like that choice a lot that he yeah, made. Yeah, and, and you, um, you, I feel like you actually get a, a telegraphed amount of build up there with if you built the Daniel the way I did, where he's like, he is genuinely very remorseful to leave every place, and he is really sad and worried about the people he met along the way, and it feels like the. You, you feel the stress of this trip and you feel the stress of potentially leaving and having to go somewhere new and losing all of the contacts he has in this life. Like it yeah. weighs on him in a way that I think it makes sense that when push came to shove, he would not want to, you know, go through with this and end up somewhere. He doesn't know anyone. So I, I found this yeah. ending pretty satisfying. Yeah. Um, the third one I'll say, I'll do the one where you decide to choose innocence, but Daniel, says uh-uh <laughs> oh the the dark ending yeah the very dark one. the darkest um, ending yeah so you he you're like hey i think this is the end of the line for us buddy and it, daniel pretty much says no uh i don't want that <laughs> uh-uh and i'm the one he, with superpowers <laughs> yep he puts the pedal to the metal on the uh, on the car and they start driving through and as he's like driving he's like pushing the cars around and mm-hmm. like just like just rampaging and Sean really can't do anything. He's just kind of like s- just stunned and mm-hmm. the police begin to open fire on the car and he busts through the border. Everything's cool. You know, he, Daniel's so pumped about, you know, how he made it through and they can go to Puerto Lobos now and they're free. And he told him like, yeah, I told you I could do it. And then he looks over and um, Sean has been shot in the neck. And it is fatal, and he dies in the car, and Daniel is just, like, collapsed over him crying. And they did it in such a manner where they covered Daniel's face as he screams no, so they didn't have to animate it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's a thing. And um, I'll be 100% honest with you. I just watched these endings this morning, but can you uh, catch me up to speed on what happens oh, after Jesus. that moment? Yeah, um, I was so kind of stunned by that part. What that was, part what? was the part of the ending that I liked a lot. And that, that like, yeah. that it, it's not like an uncommon shot in either video games or movies oh. to be like, oh, you only see half the car and, like, this person is triumphant, but the camera is angled in such a way that you only see the person who's speaking. And, like, as soon as I saw that shot, I was like, oh, you fucking yep. god damn it um yep. and then seeing sean dying that. and like not really having a chance to say anything and then daniel's grief like that that part did kind of that that shook me a little bit that was that fucked me yeah. up that was really good yeah now i remember and then daniel is now by himself at puerto lobos at the uh at the old house it's not a repair shop this time he you the bulletin board you get is just like the the one where they both get out is like very light kind of stuff like oh two gang this is this is like heavier, like huge amounts of pickpocketed happening. Mm-hmm. He like is posing with a wrestler, which I want that story. I want like, <laughs> like I want that story. What happened there? I think I he know. probably like threw the fight in his direction by like Maybe. using his powers uh, to like trample over other people. Oh, but I that's, like that. that's great. I love that. Yeah. And just like a bunch of just like huge crime, like biggest heist kind of things. Mm-hmm. And um, he is chilling on the beach by himself and, I actually really like this moment too is he has like a kind of like a small uh, grave like cross with rest in peace uh, Sean written Mm -hmm. on it and like a couple artifacts from their journey and stuff like that on there and he like is drawing which I love that he's like taking on picking that up yeah I I think that's a really nice 
touch and um he goes to uh the grave sets the drawing down and then the same three gang members comes up and he pretty much does the exact same thing to them uh, but it's and... much darker yeah because like I guess... he knocks like in the one he twists the like there's a guy with the gun and he twists their arm and fucks it up um, That's and then true. they run away. But in this one, he pushes the two back and then, like, force controls the guy with the gun and, like, slowly bends his arm so that the gun is pointing at the guy who's holding its chin and it looks like he's about to make him kill himself. Um, yeah. And then he, like, at the last minute just kind of throws him away and, you know, walks off into the distance. Which, at that point, I was like, if you're going to go that dark, just have it, like, cut away and hear the gunshot sound. Like, cause that's, yeah. boy, that Daniel is in a place. Yeah. I this is the darkest ending. Um, I agree with you oh, on yeah. that one, uh, and I think it is the best. It's the better of the two Porto Lobos endings, um, even though it bummed me the fuck out. I liked <laughs> it quite a bit. Um, I, yeah, I don't know where I fall, but we'll talk about it in a second. Um, I sure. just want to talk about the last one real quick because it was much longer, uh, so it's a little harder yeah. to recall all of it. So the other one is again where you decide to surrender and Daniel decides okay that's fair let's do this um in which case you both get out and you're both kind of like you know arrested and you get taken into a cop car as daniel is like screaming for you and agent flores holds him back uh and then you get kind of uh you know you get the same sort of bulletin board thing but it's of like daniel with his grandparents and daniel at jail hugging you and like him still growing up but clearly having a little bit more freedom um and in this one we get a 15 year time jump uh which then is you know, Daniel outside of the prison and Sean's like the day he is being released from prison. Um, and you get like a nice meeting where his, you know, they hug and seem like they're catching up and your mom is there. And depending on the variant you got, Lila could also be there to help pick you up, um, which is kind of like a nice little touch. Um, and so you get like the happy family reunion uh, and then you get um, like a bunch of shots of the woods as Sean and Daniel go like camping in the woods again. And you get like a really, honestly, really mm. good shot of like, Daniel excitedly obviously catching Sean up on like his life and telling him stories and like really animated and Sean like listening and then slowly like kind of losing it and sinking his head into his arms and like at least the way I read like kind of sobbing over how much of his life he lost over something that he just was trying to do the best in Um, and then you get them trying to like comfort each other and camping out that night Uh, and then you know eventually they go to leave and you get them you know embracing and then Sean getting into a car and driving away and them kind of like finally parting ways after you know all of that and Sean kind of presumably going on to try and find out how he starts his life as like a 30 year old who spent 15 years in jail basically um yeah and this one to me like if we're going to talk about endings that it felt like they wanted to be the canon ending this one definitely felt like it like this one felt like it had the most care put into it Um, I think the shots told a really powerful story without actually having any dialogue. Like, this was definitely, you know, it is not the ending I got, but it was definitely my favorite of the endings. Yeah, I'd say that as well for, like, the, yeah. And and overall, these, yeah, this one's definitely my favorite one. And I agree with you that it is is clearly the longest runtime. It is the Mm -hmm. one they put the most, most work into. Whereas, like, you know, some of the other ones felt very short and just kind of, like, well, we think this is what would have happened, but it's not as narratively like, you know, um, interesting or feel right for the conclusion. So, yeah. But I mean, you'll always get those kind of things. I feel like. Yeah, there's always but, one in Life is Strange. One, there were two endings, and one of them very much felt like they put way more effort into making that the correct ending. Um, and yeah. I think it was the one that a significant portion of people did not choose. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, so that that was you know that is the conclusion of Life is Strange too. Um, and I want to you know as long as we're here, I want to talk a little bit more about the endings. I want to go back and touch on other things throughout this episode and how we felt. Um, but yeah, this was um, how did you feel about the the conclusion? Not episode five as a whole. How did you feel about the last thirty minutes of the game? Um, I felt pretty strongly. Like I I actually genuinely enjoyed the tension finally ramping up. I think. There was a lot of moments in the previous episodes where tension ramped up, but it didn't feel mm-hmm. like it was as important as this. Obviously, it's yeah. the finale. Yes, it's important. But, like, if I look back and think about, like, the endings of other episodes, the tension ramped in the same way where they are able to capture it. But this felt like it actually mattered where the other ones were kind of like, will your grandparents know about your powers? Yeah. Does that, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter kind of thing. Whereas this was definitely um, the tension on this felt right. And I think the moment of realization that, you know, and I didn't get this, but I mm-hmm. would have loved to get it. Cause I think it would have been a really cool moment that your Daniel is really calling the shots here was just something that I liked quite a lot instead of, you know, I thought maybe it would limit your choices, yeah. Um, but instead, it like overthrowed your decision, and I think it speaks a lot to like having a partner in general, like not mm-hmm. just like in a relationship. Like if you're doing something with someone, kind of like how two people's um, differences and feelings on what they want to do conflict in a moment like this, and uh, I think it's a, I think it was a really well done scene, and I was there for it, and. I'm happy with the way it concluded. I will say that I mean, my ending personally felt very like, you know, like I said, it felt very like this is the darker timeline here mm-hmm. that you've got and deal with it kind of thing. Like that was kind of how I felt. And I mean, it is based on my decisions, but it didn't feel, I feel like if I would have gotten the spare, you know, that like the I'm sacrificing myself, I would have been probably a little bit more happy with my conclusion, but I kind of knew what I was getting into when I decided to kill, you know, probably somewhere around 50 cops. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, we don't get a lot of dialogue. Maybe they're not actual like gang members. Maybe they're just, they rob gang members and they're trying to quell the violence. Maybe it's like yeah. a vigilante type thing. I, mean, I would I would watch that story. Yeah. I mean, even so, like, I think there's something really interesting to be said and discussed that is it better to have a I don't know I feel like the game's trying to tell me that their quality of life is lower here in a way mm-hmm. but then then if they were back you know with their grandparents or you know or spending I don't know because like even spending 15 years in jail that's pretty bad like uh, spending 15 terrible. years in jail yeah that's, that's real bad <laughs> so like I mean I don't it, it's it's interesting because I don't think any of them are necessarily good or bad endings but no. somehow I feel like the game was trying to tell me that some were bad endings but maybe it's more they thought I, it out more than that. Yeah, I think the game is just trying to emphasize like hey there's no like hard happy and sad ending here, right? Like no matter what ha- well okay, that's not true. The one where Sean dies is like a hard sad ending. Like Daniel's yeah. life is clearly not great and sean is dead and so they're alone but i feel like all of the other endings are like hey there is good and bad it kind of just depends on what you value to see with like which of these is a happier ending 
Um, and I think they, they do a really good job with that. I do think it's interesting that there is no ending where they end up in Mexico and not in a gang. So, yeah. you know, very cool. Um, but, you know, whatever. That's that's the story they were trying to tell is like, hey, in order to make it here, you have to give up, you know, your attachment to the rules of society and like abiding by the law and everything. And I don't think it necessarily landed perfectly, but um, let's uh, let's jump into the the, wonder, the question we have from the the Reddit user um, because yeah, it is before, just about these endings. Before you jump into that, I wonder if Porto Lobo specifically like is a difficult area to live in. <sighs> I don't know. Is it a I real wonder. place? I don't actually know. I'm That's assuming, a but I don't know. Good question. Puerto hey, Lobos. <laughs> let's do a little bit of research here. Uh, yeah, it's in like a very corner of Sonora, Mexico. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'd have to do more reading into that, but it seems like it is not like a, you know, like extremely good or extremely bad place. So, yeah, I don't it's know. just a small village that, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, now we know nothing. more. Right, uh, yeah, so the, let's the let's uh, talk real quick. Uh, we got a question from Reddit user CJ Writergal, who asked, what endings do you like best? Um, and how have your feelings about characters evolved over the course of the series or in retrospect now that it's over? I want to I wanna rank the endings, if you don't mind. There's only four Hell of them, yeah. so I think we can definitely do that. Because we've both kind of said which one we liked best. Um, you want to start at the bottom and go up? Uh, yeah, let's start at the bottom and go up. Okay. So um, uh, ranking these in terms of... Now, yeah, what are we ranking Not in like of? in terms of what makes us the happiest, but what we thought... Uh, personally, I think like what was the, the narratively the most satisfying? Like what endings felt done? What elicited responses from you? What did you feel mm. like, you know? Or we can do it which one you liked most in terms no, of like I how think, does it feel? I think, I think like satisfaction is better. Yeah, because if we're looking at, at Life is Strange 1, like I those answers are very different for me. Yeah. Um, but... Um, I'm going to say mm, this is tough. Do you have a bottom one? I think one? my bottom one is the one where Sean dies because I really like it at the beginning. Like, I think it's a high emotional moment, but I think it just doesn't really know. Like, it doesn't have its footing there um, yeah. afterwards. So I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was great. It Again, feels... and I want to be clear. I actually think all of these endings are good. Like, there's just, I think, some that are not as good and some that are very good. I'm thinking about it in the perspective of a player who got that ending and like mm -hmm. if i got that which i would have if i would have chosen surrender and i think i would have been relatively dissatisfied because i've spent a long time with these two and like i like the idea of a mixed like tragedy and they got what they want kind of thing i like that a lot because mm -hmm. all the other endings have that nice touch of each um but i think this one lays too far in the spectrum of you know like they didn't get what they want and i did say it might be my fa favorite of the two but i think it's just the idea of it is like something that i didn't think they would go for but mm -hmm. that's only seeing it from an outsider's perspective yeah. looking at all of the endings but if i would have gotten that one first ah uh, i don't know i think I, it's the most shocking ending i just don't think it's the most narratively satisfying ending like i yeah. feel like it leaves maybe too many ends untied in a way that doesn't feel great necessarily yeah um my also, third makes daniel a fucking little shit and i hate that <laughs> also he's blonde in this one for some reason i don't like <laughs> i don't like that um i'd say my number three would be the one that you got i think where he just gets a couple pictures from mm -hmm. uh from from sean and he's just there's just too many longing looks to other characters for me it just it didn't feel 
I don't know. I, I, I felt satisfied in the manner that it makes sense for those for what happened. But I don't think, for me at least, that it it ended in a way... It's kind of the similar to what we just talked about. I think it left too many ends untied because in this, everyone would have seen that Daniel has superpowers. And I mm-hmm. just don't believe that he would only be put under house arrest for the things that yeah. happened. Yeah. What's your third? I think... Uh, that's a, Honestly, that's a pretty good argument there. Um, I was going to say the one that you got was my third, but the more I think about it, the more I do think, like, it does leave a lot kind of untied in a way that is kind of unsatisfying. And also, like, I I think it's, you know, again, in my variation of it, because Sean was romantically interested in Cassidy, they ended up together in a way that's like, there's just... They wanted it to be very convenient, because that can also be Finn. He can also end up with Finn, or he can right. be by himself. Um, and I feel like they just wanted to kind of, like, push that in and be like, hey, just so you know, this thing sort of happened in a way that, like, also, I don't know why, that it... Why wouldn't it happen if Daniel was there also? Do you know what that's I mean? Good, that's, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Why well, maybe, you know, they're in a gang otherwise, and it doesn't. you don't get any indication of Sean's life being bad. I think that is maybe what would have changed it for me is if we got some indication of what Sean's life was like, as well as what Daniel's life was like. Yeah. I would have loved like a, like a cool, like split screen, like a vertical split screen between the two of like seeing where oh, they that would have been good. in that moment. That would have been really good. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been happy with that, but I, I, I just think that's too short and it leaves too many, too many lines. Yeah, untied. I think, I think you're right. I think in the end you end up being right, which means we're going to have the exact same list probably, but yeah. that's fine. This is the thoughts from player one official ranking of the ending. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, so third, I'm assuming, or second, I'm assuming is the ending that you got. Yeah. 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 I gotta say that. I liked, I liked a lot of it, right? I like them being together. I like the Diaz repair shop. I like the kind of, the last shot you get of them sitting on the beach, drinking mm. beers at Puerto Lobos like that felt really good um in a way that i wasn't necessarily expecting like because it doesn't seem you know it doesn't set them up to be like initially super happy because you're like okay like they're in kind of a rundown place they're like clearly involved in a lot of gang activity but then just the shot of them on the beach being like hey you know what at the end we stayed together and that's really what matters more than anything else is pretty narratively satisfying and i did like it quite a bit yeah i i think that my one big problem with this is that you don't kill 50 plus people when you're 10 and grow up to be 18 and be like that stable. And I don't think I, that the we show do not know that he is well adjusted in I, any way though. I like, know, but he you clearly has already killed people in Mexico. You have to, sh- I feel like it would be a disservice to what you decided. If you don't see some inkling of like the pain and suffering that you would go through if you did that. Cause yeah. I, I I think that in the 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 next ending we're gonna you know rank up we see what happens to Sean in the way that it's like he made this decision and here is the negative outcome of what happened. I just don't think mm-hmm. there's enough negative here, you know. There's but just also none. you have fucking superpowers and you've just come to accept that. So I don't know how that changes your psyche a little bit <laughs> if you literally are the chosen one. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess so. Um. But I also, like, the reason this ending ultimately ends up above the ending I got is because that fucking scene with Daniel blowing up all the cop cars is so fucking badass. It's so good, man. It's, it's really cool. The... It's much better than all the other versions of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's extremely powerful. It's the, 
you know, it's yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, the last ending, obviously, being the uh, let's 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 surrender uh, high surrender. morality ending. Um, yeah, I think just the scene where they're camping and they're kind of like yep. I, mm-hmm. I almost thought in that moment that they were going to go back on the journey and both move back <laughs> to Porto Lobos. I thought that was awesome. But no, <laughs> this is much better. Um the scene where they're talking at that campfire is really what sold me on this ending as being the canon one and being like the most meaningful one personally. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about this one is it kind of feels like Daniel has lost touch with his powers. Like he uses them but barely um, he both of the ones where he stays in the U.S. He like barely uses his powers, um, and I, I would have liked a little bit more. I I just don't believe that Daniel grows up and doesn't do something spectacular with that. Yeah, um, but I think that just the arc of Sean as a character is so satisfying in this this ending that we have to give it number one overall. Again, that camping scene, like you said, just really, you know sold it without having to produce any actual dialogue in a way that I was really impressed with. Yeah. Sometimes it's better for characters not to talk. Don't not. <laughs> Sometimes you make people talk too much and I hate it. So yep. learn your lesson. Yep. Um, and then, cool. yeah, I think that was good. How have your feelings about the characters evolved over the course of the series? Very differently for very different characters. So I think I'm just going to roll that up into the rest of the discussion for this episode. Yeah. Because it's too broad of a question. Like, we would spend another 25 minutes talking about how each of those characters um, felt differently. Yeah. Um, but do we want to roll back before we get too deep in um, and talk, talk about, about episode David! five and David? <laughs> let's please. Let's talk about David. I know. This is you what have we held some back. Thoughts on David. I have some fucking fear. Okay, so if you don't know, do you want me to just do you want me to do yeah, this? Yeah, go for it. Okay. You're, you you have stronger feelings about it than I do. If you don't know, David is a character from Life is Strange One. He was the step douche for Chloe, um, and he was a security guard at the school they went at Blackwell, the school mm-hmm. they went to. And um, depending on the endings you get, he either is he's there, but he's either there because like you know um the town literally got destroyed by a hurricane and no one was left but you know chloe and max and a couple mm-hmm. of people and otherwise i actually didn't i think it's just like if he he I'm, just had to escape the, the yeah i'm assuming because you know, the other or, ending you you know it would have put a horrible strain on his family as well so yeah. so he's there either way and he lives in a metal trailer mm-hmm. and Sean talks to him and there are a couple lines that I really don't like. And I would not have been upset with his inclusion if it weren't for these couple things. Sean asks like, Hey, Oh, did you have kids? Cause they were talking about Daniel and how he just wants to have someone to play with. And he's mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, I had, or I didn't have kids, but I was a stepdad. Well to her, I was the step douche. And I just, <laughs> I hate that so much. It All of this feels like such a, like, a nod to themselves for something that they made once that people really liked and not a re- good reason for him to be here. And he gives you a police scanner, and that is his purpose. That is his purpose in this story. And he does bring up the point, hey, maybe you should surrender, but it's not enough for it to be justified. I don't think he, his mm-hmm. character is someone, is the only person that would believe that it would be a good idea for them to surrender. So, um, I 
you go to him later and he says like you remind me a lot of you know of two people i used to know and again it's just that stuff where it's like it's that self-referential stuff and i could list more of these kind of like points here but he gets on the phone with chloe saying that they're get along now and everything's great at least in my ending because you know i chose to you know save chloe um Mm -hmm. and they talk about you know like oh how is you new york and they're all like everything's perfect now and i don't talking know talking about max trying to get her art into new york art exhibits and stuff like that and i just i don't know why this is in here except to serve the fandom of life is strange one and i don't i don't get it and i don't like it and i just let sean and daniel's story be sean and daniel's story i don't mm-hmm. the nod to arcadia bay in episode one or two or one was enough like that's that's fine that that was cool i liked it it was cute but yeah this is I, this is too much i didn't have a problem with it um initially when you first talk to him and he's just like oh yeah like if he had just still been called david and said that he was a stepdad and it was like enough of an illusion that it's like okay i see what's going on here i was fine with it and then when it got like too much it's like okay this is like this is the climax of these characters stories we don't need to be calling back to season one for the sake of calling back to season one and i think when you and i initially talked about this because you were like hey did you did you see this character how do you feel about it um, you had said that it would have bothered you a lot less if it was in like episode one or two or even yeah. episode three. And like, I, I think I agree with that because it felt like, you know, it felt like that is the moment of episode five that a lot of people are going to cling to in the first half, especially because I think the first half of this episode is really bad, honestly. Yeah. Um, so it, it felt weird. And then you, you and I both, you have to do the same thing, which is you hear that he's on the phone and you just stand outside of his trailer, looking into the window, reading the subtitles to pop up. And it's like, this is, this is sad. This feels weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is pathetic. It, it just, it feels pathetic on the development team of life is strange for me to think that like, we can't just let these characters be and we can't satisfy the masses without at least referencing the life is strange one one more time because Mm -hmm. i genuinely don't i genuinely hope that they didn't think that this was like something narratively cool to do i hope they just thought that this would please a lot of people and Mm -hmm. apparently it did which is fine if you some people really like it i guess that's fine like whatever it's not you know, I'm not here to tell you not to enjoy things, but I, I agree with you overall that, like, narratively, this just didn't have a place where it was right now. And, like, it also, it felt like they were trying to toe a line, right? Like, he would always be like, oh, I'm a stepdad, yada, yada, yada. And then until he's, like, on the phone, like, he won't even say Chloe's name, really. And it's like, okay, but that's not how people yeah. are like. <laughs> like, just either, like, fucking go for it or don't. Like, don't try to be coy about it. Like, we know what you're doing. We've known what you're doing since the second the character came out. Like, either do it or don't. Um, also, and... why why do they have to redeem David? Why David of any character from I... the Life is Strange 1 universe? <laughs> Historically, no you can listen. We are not big fans of David on this podcast. I, I, I actually don't mind David in general in the first one. I mean... He's a step douche. That's his character. He, no, he sucks. He sucks in the first one because he doesn't have character. That's yeah. my problem with him is that's a game filled with people who have nuance and he doesn't get nuance until the last 10 minutes of the last or the first 10 minutes of the last episode. Like it I, I Did they distinctly bring him in dislike to his give character. Him nuance? 
Is that their idea of it? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't and, know. And I, I just don't know why we have to redeem this character or why he has to be here in general or, you know, like why yeah. he lives in the middle of nowhere now. Like, it just doesn't make any sense for his character. It doesn't make any sense for him to be here. And that's all I have to say about it. It's just. If you were somebody who really enjoyed him being here, I wanted to know, like, that's fine. You can enjoy it. That's good. We just found it narratively jarring in a way that ended up overall being worse for the game um so i guess what I we're love- trying to say is duncan you had mentioned that it was kind of a nod to season one uh, and that we maybe didn't agree so maybe they should follow their name and don't nod <laughs> yeah 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 I, I i do actually if you do really like this and you have a reason other than i don't know i just like the life is strange one characters i'd love to know because i i am very open to hearing other people out you know on this so please mm-hmm. So yeah. that's that's David. That's the David. I, I wonder. I do also wonder. Maybe that would have felt better. I don't know what that interaction looks like if you didn't choose to sacrifice Arcadia Bay. Maybe if it's just David is there because his life was in shambles and he doesn't really reference Chloe as much. Maybe it would be better. Who knows? Um, yeah, I'd be curious. But that's all. That's what I wanted to say about that because I wanted to make sure we didn't miss giving you a platform to argue about that. Um, we had talked briefly about episode five i do just want to kind of come back and say like i just i don't think episode five was good like i really liked the last Mm. 30 minutes of it which is why i wanted to focus on that but i think all of the time in a way just sucks like i don't understand why you spend so much time here i don't understand why you're introduced to new characters that you'll basically not know i don't understand how they expect you to form emotional connections like you're supposed to like the characters are supposed to have um away is like this huge area that you can see but it's actually like a very small area that just has a bunch of invisible walls which feels really bad to walk around like it's also i you know i saw a little bit of this in um i think episode two is where it was the most jarring but like it Episode five felt really buggy to me. Like, yeah. I had an issue where a like a conversation that gave you a quest just didn't trigger. So I spent twenty minutes walking around not knowing what to do because the, you know, until you get that conversation dialogue, the quest marker is just wait for Karen to show up. So like, I guess I just have to wait, and nothing happens. And like, the animations for these characters looked really, really, really robotic this episode for some reason. Um, so I don't know. Like, I don't want to you know, rag on this episode too bad because I do think the ending was really good, but man, they, as an episode, it felt like it was a 30-minute episode that they had to make two hours for some reason, and I just don't think it I mean, was worth the three-month wait. The reason is really clear. I mean, it, it's because they have to make because, it a certain yeah. length or people will lose their fucking mind. If they released the fifth episode that was only an hour long, I think people would lose it. Um, but okay yes but what if they released a fifth episode that was only an hour long and it came out a month afterwards instead i think that would be fine well i would be fine with that i I I I actually i would prefer that i don't know that you're right maybe other people would be very mad i think people would think that they're just they're copping out and they're like well you know we're not making enough of this so let's just wrap it up as soon as possible i think that's Mm -hmm. what people would think but i would prefer that to be that way as well but to kind of protect the integrity of it but i just yeah i agree with you with everything with the way it just felt really unnecessary and that's that i think there's more interesting stuff to get to anyway so yeah all right i think uh do you have anything else you want to say about season or not season five episode five (laughs) specifically or do you want to just jump into like just jump into season two as a whole let's go again season two. yeah episode five is over this is again 
we're just going to talk about the general season two, maybe a couple of um, like references to the previous seasons. But yeah, that was, um, I don't know. I, I am still feeling, I know we still have half this podcast left, but now that we're done with uh, episode five, I'm like a little melancholy that like, Hey, we're done with that. Like we are done talking about specific episodes and we are now at the point where we can talk about this story as a whole piece of narrative. And that's a weird feeling. And I, I kind of like it. I, um, yeah, I, I feel the same. I feel there's something weird about the feeling I felt at the end of one that I do here. And I think it directly transitions into a question that I have that I know the answer to, but I want more information on why. Okay. Is, did you like the first season or the second season better overall? <laughs> I mean, I I can say it's pretty okay. definitively I liked the first season more. Yeah, yeah, of uh, course. Did you or... I, I agree with you. I did like the first season more, but I want to kind of like, I don't know. I, this wasn't something we had prepared, but I do yeah. think that it's not large... on this list of questions here. And I'm like, Duncan, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know. What to... Uh, I feel like a almost the massive majority of people would yeah. say the exact same thing. But mm-hmm. I want to know, like, why do you think the themes in this one didn't and, you know, the, the story come out as much as the second or was the first mm-hmm. season and what 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 were the reasons that you didn't like it and what were the reasons that you think some of the community may have felt differently so or the same I think or whatever it, it's probably a couple of things um and feel free to you know stop me if you think i'm wrong about any of this yeah um, please you know first of all like they they really did manage to catch lightning in a bottle with the relationship between chloe and max in a way that i, I think you've you could see that they were clearly trying to replicate here. Um, they were trying to be like, hey, look at this central relationship. Um, but I, I think it kind of falls a little bit flat because they have to, like that relationship can, by nature of how you play this game, not to be as well-defined because it has to be, um, you know, changing based on your interactions with Daniel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because Daniel is so much younger, I think a lot of people got off-put by their relationship because he's a kid and he acts kind of like a kid does. Yeah. And that can be frustrating sometimes. And I think it's very limiting when you want to have... Because they're, they're always together. And I feel like when they have conversations about heavier topics, it's having a conversation with a 10-year-old. And I don't think that always works the same way or they lose a lot of opportunities but they also gain some you know yeah and i think it's it's also very interesting this game is it it feels like much more about how people deal with trauma in the moment it you know like hey this is this just happened here's how we're dealing with it okay now this big thing happened here's how we're dealing with it here's how we like fit dealing with into the idea of continuing to move on where I think a lot of life is strange. One was kind of like about how people process trauma differently and how that affects their life in the long run and how like they are changed by it and try to adapt to it in a way that this game doesn't, I mean, it just doesn't quite get to because we are not with these characters long enough. Um, And I think that is kind of the next big thing is the cast of characters in life is strange. One that I like, you know, that it is, there are characters in life is strange one that I do not like that. I don't think, made the arcs work like i don't think victoria chase i do not think her arc worked very well even though they tried to make it work in the end like i didn't hate her but i didn't love her either but like max and chloe i think are both great and well-defined characters joyce is great david i'm not huge on but whatever um a couple of max's friends you know they work to varying degrees but you spend five episodes with them so you have at least a little bit of a chance to like dive into that character a little bit more whereas like 
you know, my favorite episode of Life is Strange 2 was episode 3 because you got to spend the entire time with a cast of characters that I really liked that all kind of had different viewpoints that kind of tackled the adult content in a much more like directed way um, and I'm not just saying that because there's like a sex scene in that but like the way that they handled the sex scene was like mature mature and well done <laughs> and like kind of like emotional in a way that you wouldn't normally expect to see from a game like I I wanted more of that, but instead we get a cast of characters that they have to try and fit an entire arc into, like, the four to five conversations you will have with them. And I think oftentimes that just didn't work for uh, probably a lot of people, but that's a large portion of the reason it didn't work for me, I think. Sure. I think I think if the, if the relationship between Daniel and Sean was, like, if they were four years older each, I think it maybe would have been a little easier to lean on that. But like you said, it all of the heavy moments you're trying to fit into conversations with a kid or with people you don't have a connection to. Yeah. I think the story from life is strange one versus two as well is like, I think people have an easier time connecting with yeah. those two just because I mean, the things that Sean and Daniel go through are not things that like average people would go through. And of course life is strange is focused around a girl who can, you know, move back time and things like that. So not very based in reality but still the conflicts that both of them deal with are more relatable and i think that's not necessarily a reason why something is better but i do think that it makes it easier for people to latch onto. and mm -hmm. i think people may have been may have been even uncomfortable with some of the themes presented in life is strange too and yeah. i mean we you know we pondered upon some reviews on steam and people were like there's politics in here and i don't like that and it's kind of like well which ugh. it's it's a dumb reason but i also there were politics in life is strange one they just weren't as brash about it but a right. large portion of that game is about hey this town is dying because the like uber wealthy are pulling money out of various things and so because the like you know fishing town economy is drying up people are very impoverished like that's politics guys yeah. sorry to tell you that's politics yeah it's just not direct politics that yeah. people really care about i feel like mm -hmm. and i mean people yeah. do but yeah it's not as heavy and i think a lot of the themes and stuff they tried to tackle here just weren't things that people were as interested in um yeah which i think that's and, that's fair and i was interested in them decently but to me I, it was like watching watching a show that comforted me versus thinking about heavier topics that weren't presented in such a way that really, really made me think, you know what I mean? And yeah, also and I miss the time. I miss the time travel. I know you I can't do it again, that's a big part but of it. the, the mechanics just, they weren't there and it just felt like every other telltale game. And I just, I couldn't grab onto it. I think the, the magic, the, um, the uh, telekinesis is like, it's cool enough, but it didn't, I think it could have been redeemed if it would have had any sort of negative to it. Like, using his powers is good for you to take advantage of for different situations, mm -hmm. but there was no drawback to it. And I feel like you could have made something interesting on the drawback. But anyways. Yeah, and like, say? if you think about Life is Strange 1, one of the most, I think generally, one of the most impactful moments in the whole series is the end of episode 2 when, like, it's this big lead up to, you know, again, a character who's like about to kill themselves. And for the first time in the game, you're, you can't use your powers. And like that feeling of having that mechanic revoked is so impactful. Yeah. That like, 
you just don't get that. This like even the portions of time where you're without Daniel is just like okay, this feels exactly the same as the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know. I again going back to the politics real quick. Like I I want to be clear. I actually I really like that they were just going to swing for the fence. Like hey, here are our politics. Here is like, you know, here are people being shitty and racist. Here is you know issues you face as latino children right now like i i think i really enjoy them going for it they had like a fake rush limbaugh somewhere on the radio in episode five which i actually enjoyed quite a bit i thought that was really good um i don't necessarily think they always had the chops to like give like interesting takes on it without making it feel really ham-fisted um but i do really like that they they swung for the fences on that but you're right it's, it's just so much harder to to relate to these characters than characters who are going through high school issues. Even, you know, Life is Strange 1 had very, very serious topics that it forced you to deal with, uh, like suicide and euthanasia, but very much it, it felt different. I yeah. don't know. I, you could write a fucking 20-page paper on why people like season one more than season two. Yeah. Um, also... And I'm sure someone will. <laughs> also, I do want to ask you, because we've kind of compared the two, and I think it's a good time to talk about this, is... What makes a Life is Strange game a Life is Strange game now that we've had two of them? And this is going to be the last time we'll kind of talk about one and two and before the storm all kind of chained together. What mm-hmm. what makes it? Hmm. I opened the last one. I think you should open this one. Because I don't want to influence. I know my answer, but I don't want to influence right. your decision. Okay. I honestly. I'm, I'm curious. We have not talked about this, so I'm very curious. No. Honestly, what I think. What makes a Life is Strange game is something that follows a, a story that's following characters with supernatural elements that is somewhat choice-based and taking you along a journey through episodes. And I think that the emotional connection that the game is trying to get you to establish with the characters is important. And it's very evident that they're trying on both games here to get me uh, invested with these characters. And I think mm-hmm. really at its core, what makes it is supernatural, relatable characters in the current world. You know what I mean? Like something yeah. along those lines as I think, I think that's kind of what makes it for me. Also good music. Yeah, episode five, good licensed music. What the fuck? There was no licensed music in episode five. It made me extremely mad. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's fair. That's generally what I think. I'm kind of curious if there was something that I missed or like... So I think um, I agree with you on most of those points, right? Like I do think there has to be a supernatural element to it. I do think it has to be an element that is like forced onto a character that they don't you know they're kind of having to deal with i think everything you said is correct you know choice based um episodic though maybe i don't know that that needs to be a part of it but i do think um the kind of main crux of it for me so far has been all of that is wrapped inside of a for whatever like horrible supernatural shit is going on at the core i do think a lot of life is strange is a coming of age story Mm. it is a you know, characters who are usually in their, like, early to mid-adolescence who are, like, the supernatural thing is forcing them to grow up quicker than they would have and, like, come into their own as a person. I don't think... I 
you know, there's only been two of these, right? So they're still within their rights to change whatever they want and make it much more broad. And it could just be like, hey, it just means there's supernatural powers. And that's literally all it means. But I cannot picture Life is Strange if you are playing somebody who is 30 years old, right? Yeah, I can picture Life is Strange explicitly as somebody who is dealing with the drama of trying to figure out what it means to be an adult mixed in with something that is forcing them to figure that out very quickly because there's a supernatural element that is, you know, raising the stakes quite a bit. Yeah. That's kind of, that is my assessment. You can go read me arguing with somebody online about that and some Reddit thread somewhere I'm, where they were saying that wasn't part of it. You can tell, you can not tell me, but what, what were, what were, what was the point the other person was trying to make? Oh, it, honestly, it's been a while ago. I don't really okay. remember. I think they were just trying to say that, like, that was too broad and that, like, you could say that every show on the CW is a coming-of-age show then. And oh. I was like, yeah, dog, that's true. That's what the CW does. <laughs> um, but that's, that's where – and it, hmm. that is my read on it right now between the three games. But I don't – you know, who knows? Again, they could release another episode in six months for season three, and it could be about a – 35 year old dude trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life after he was laid off or something and or, also he could fly who knows or it could be about a teenager going to an old folks home jumping into their oh, minds boy. i want that to be a game honestly i want it so bad want- you want to talk about episodic structure every person's life is one episode yes. also we're kind of just doing to the moon a little bit now that i think about it yeah, but we're not changing anyone's lives. No, we're just learning about them and then using that information against them. Um, I think <laughs> that's still... to manipulate them. Oh my god, that's the choice. <laughs> that's so ah! good. We've done it. You're yeah. welcome to take it. Life is strange. I promise Please. you can use it. I will not charge you any royalties. No, I want my name in the credits though. Yeah. Cool. So that you know, I think that's kind of what what defines a life is strange game in my mind. Yeah. That's um, that's legit. That's legit. Um, give me give me one. So how did you feel about um, the the nature of the episodes and kind of the the structure of each episode as its own kind of unique story, not as a whole? Damn, you worded that so like neutrally, and you didn't give me the like the the thing that we both agree upon. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to just hand you the here's my point. Do you agree? I wanted to give you a total platform to run on. Man. Yeah, no, no problem. So. I have a feeling about this game that it is very repetitive in some of its story structure, not all of it, but some of Mm -hmm. it's the ways that it repeats a lot of the same themes. I feel like Sean and Daniel always, except for episode one, because episode one is the travel to the place, they always get to a place. The -hmm. place is always seems like maybe they could, you know, stop here and be here for a while. Daniel mm-hmm. gets attached. Someone does something. Or sorry, Daniel does something with his powers. Someone catches on, but doesn't really. And then they need to run. Something bad always happens, and then they need to run. This mm-hmm. happens in episode two with the grandparents. This happens in episode three with the weed farm. This sort of happens in episode four, but not necessarily it's like a reversal of that idea but it is still very much daniel found a place where he's attached and he doesn't want to leave yes and i just think that there wasn't enough feeling of like a like a road trip to these like you know 
as as we went along than it should have been and i understand that we can't just like be in the car for six hours and like you know just <laughs> no, like please play 20 questions episodes in between it's just like you trying to change the radio station a whole bunch to find something you like for an hour and a half and then it's credits oh my god dude can you imagine a, a 24 7 live stream that's just like a loop of sean and daniel driving in between the release <laughs> of the episodes and then b- right before the episode is released they get out of the car and walk to the location Whew. oh my god give me lo-fi sean and daniel hip-hop beats to chill and or relax <laughs> um so i think that that nate that like repetitiveness i felt that and i was okay with it because episode four jumbled it up a little bit but when we got into the beginning of episode five and we were at another location i'm like are you kidding me like Mm -hmm. i I mean there's just no space to get attached to any of these characters because we have to leave and it makes sense we can't have like a fucking party bus of all the characters that we've met along the way driving to porto lobos with us but like i just uh the, this this like same repeat it just a gets old and it's not really conducive for storytelling for characters outside of Sean and Daniel um mm-hmm. and there is a particular um steam review that i found thank you engin e n g i n for this one uh that i was scrolling through and found it is it reads as such um <clears throat> Sean says Daniel please don't do something stupid Daniel I'm not a kid anymore. Does something stupid. Cue credits. Apply to each retrospective episode. And that is so accurate. It's sad. It's extremely what it is. But that's so accurate because, you know, Daniel's learning how to use his powers. And we have to go through those, you know, he's not really learning how to use his powers. He's learning when to use his powers. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's just what happens all the time. And I, I don't know. I just get sick of it. Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely room in the story to do more. And I think there's also like, to be fair, I think there's room to have a, you know, a road trip story where you spend a little bit of time with characters and they're impactful. Like, I think it's, it's good, but you can like, you can mix it up. Like Brody. I, I, I liked Brody in retrospect. I like him a lot more. And maybe that's because you get like some blog posts of him. And also he puts out a, an episode five, you can read like his final blog post and it's actually like really good. Um, and I liked it quite a bit about him, like, coming to terms with what it means to come home and him, you know, dealing with the death of uh, a parent and how that has impacted his life. And that that was really good. And I think your relationship with Lila and the way that it, like, terminates unhappily unless you get the ending where she shows up is really good. And I think, you know, your relationship that you build with everybody in episode three is really good. Um, but then all these other characters you meet along the way, like everybody you met who wasn't your grandparents in episode two, everybody you met in season or episode four that wasn't Karen, like you meet a lot of these characters and then they just, they aren't impactful in any particular way. And the places you are don't feel particularly impactful. So with those things adding up, the fact that it's just the same loop over and over again um, especially because the loop also always begins with Sean going like, I don't know if we can stay here forever. Yeah. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't work for me as an episodic game in that way. Yeah. Which is disappointing because I thought like episode one and two were different enough that I didn't know, you know, where episode three was going to go. And then episode three, I thought was good enough that it, I didn't recognize it at the time that it was just going to be the same thing as episode two and episode four. Like it just, I don't know. 
they just leaned really hard on that idea of Daniel being like, oh, I'm not a kid. I'm going to do, oh, no, I fucked it up again. I'm the one that's attached, and now we have to leave. And it, yeah. it was a little disappointing. Yeah. And I don't know. All the episodes still worked just fine. It's just something I noticed, and I felt a little cheated on uh, thinking about it as a whole afterwards. Yeah. Doesn't mean that it's bad, though. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's I got move something. on to another one. Yeah. I got something for you. Little little questy questy. <laughs> you don't you. ever have to say that again, but, just so you know. Yeah, it's fine. A little question quest. <laughs> a little quest for you to go on. Even much better. Okay. A little brain quest. Um so something that we have here is not direct control over Daniel's powers. Um we don't really get to I mean we get to kind of tell him when to use them. But he can obviously mm-hmm. say no, as he has famously done at the end of episode five, or you know, um, <laughs> you know, kind of do things a little bit differently, and you know, sort of tease you about it, etc. So, how do you feel about that with like the gameplay and even the story in general of like playing as Sean but not being the one with the powers? Oh, I'm. I have such. A- two terribly different feelings about this Um, on the one hand like not having direct control over the powers um i think it did um it started to influence the way i interacted with daniel um i really thought they were going to go in a much much stronger direction though um so it it did influence me a little bit and then i was like okay well daniel kind of knows what he's doing but like the times when you had the ability to like address daniel for his powers it was mostly like admonishing him for showing off and that was really about it like that or helping him train for it but you didn't really have more like conversations you didn't have like you know there was never a point where daniel was doing something and i was like afraid to interact because i was scared of daniel um there was you you know a point in season three where like i felt i was scared of like what daniel could do but I never felt that in the moment where i was making decisions about daniel like i never felt like the game was going to punish me or have daniel lose control at me unless it was in a cutscene where that was going to happen no matter what um so i kind of expected them to go a little further in that direction but i also do think like it it was really interesting to play from an outsider point of view to be like i you know i am largely just a kid if i don't have daniel like i don't have any of these abilities i am next to him very little um, and I think that is an interesting headspace to try and put the player in. I think it ends up making, you know, the gameplay a little less interesting. Um, and I, I, I wish they had explored this idea a little more in like episode three and four, um, and maybe even two and five, um, about like how Sean feels about Daniel's powers because they don't really get into like Sean's emotional reaction to his younger brother being, uh, unto a God, yeah. um, well, there's really but, only two reactions that have been presented in this game. Actually, maybe three. Mm-hmm. It's neutral, like, oh, okay, well, that's just something we have to deal with, which is Sean's mm-hmm. reaction and everyone in episode five in the desert. Um, mm-hmm. The other reaction is, oh, my God, you are the second coming of Christ. Natural. Mm-hmm. Totally reasonable reaction, yeah. by the way. Or, oh, hell no, 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 get out of here. Um, yeah which you know is understandable as well but i Mm -hmm. don't think that they really like i agree with you they didn't really play with anyone's 
interesting reaction to it and especially the person who's been with him for the longest time and this kind of chains into a different question i had is do you think that like do you think that he having this power and having no sort of consequences for it is something that is like narratively interesting or is it necessary to make it like kind of have a drawback for this or like do you think it's okay because i personally feel like it, it needs something to draw it back a little bit. I don't know. Hmm. I I don't know that I agree. I, I I think it was interesting to see it unleashed in a way that it was clearly growing, right? If you remember, like, in episode one, you are trying to help him train so that he can lift up rocks and twirl them around. And by episode five, he, like, kills 20 police officers and blocks bullets yeah. in a way that I think is, like, it is a really interesting arc to see, like, how strong he's grown, how quickly. Um, so I don't know that I really felt like it needed to have anything to, like, hold it, like, a negative to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have just appreciated more of, like, an emotional toll that it took. Sure. I think. What um what do you think Sean could have felt about that or what he could have done about it? Or, like, what do you think... I think, and I want to preface this um, before we get too far into this, because um, this is another question that I, I meant to touch on previously, but we didn't. But, like, you know, there were about three months between most of these episodes, and these episodes are about two to three hours long. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lot of the emotional punch of some of these moments, right? Like, I do remember distinctly in episode three when Sean, or when Daniel lifts, like, an enormous rock out of the water and, like, drops it and creates, like, you know, huge splash, and he just sort of does it while looking at you. Like, I remember being like, oh, fuck. He's really strong. Or when he but, uh, he picks up a whole fucking mountain lion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember those, but then by the time I started the next episode, like, it had been so long that I just didn't have that emotion. Your like, expectations kind of reset. Yeah, like, that emotion was kind of gone. And I think the game sort of knows that because it puts a long time jump in between each episode to kind of, like, allow you to be a little bit more, like, in line with the characters, like, sort of resetting, kind of moving on. Um, But I I would have loved to see just a little bit more of, like, just genuinely speaking, I would have liked to see more of Sean's internal conflict with Daniel's powers because we just don't get it. Like, we don't get um, a ton of Sean being... You know, yeah, jealous. We that? see a little bit of that. We don't get a lot of Sean being scared. We don't get a lot of Sean... Like, he never questions why Daniel has these powers throughout the whole time, right? Like, I just... I I don't feel like, as somebody who played the whole season, I can tell you distinctly how Sean feels about it, which I would totally buy if it took place over three weeks and he was just in straight adrenaline mode trying to get him to the border, but it takes place over the course of, like, a year. Yeah. So, like, I I feel like we should have gotten... Just a little bit more. But maybe I'm forgetting something and it did happen in there and I sound like a total fucking asshole right now. No, I don't know. I, I agree with you for the most part. I do I do think it doesn't make a lot of sense for him to never, like you would, when we were talking about the endings, now that I'm kind of thinking about it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for him to never use those powers in a stronger, meaningful way. Like, I, I have a hard time believing that, let's say, Sean is in prison, right? And the the, mm-hmm. the uh the surrender ending. I have a hard time believing he wouldn't like try and do like some like vigilante crime, like <laughs> you know, like Batman style stuff. I mean, you know, the the kind of like themes presented in Captain Spirit, like he's clearly very, very interested in like, you know, superheroes and stuff like that. I don't know. I think I don't think mm-hmm. it would be a great ending, but 
I have a hard time believing that that's not something that would go through his head where he would have desires to become some sort of like superhero figure. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. The only explanation I can, I can walk away from feeling good about that. And, and I do think I kind of buy this and I do think it was maybe some intent is like that ending, like the ending where, you know, Sean ends up taking the fall and ends up in prison for 15 years um, if you're looking at it from the headspace of Daniel, like since day one, when he got the powers, it's brought nothing but tragedy to his life. Yeah. So I think it is feasible that he would be like, I just don't, I can't, nothing good comes from me using these powers ever. Um, I don't know that they, I don't know that that's what they're going for, but I could totally understand that. And, and to that respect, I almost wish that he hadn't shown he was still using his powers at all in that ending. I almost wish it had been like he's trying to live a normal life without this, um, which he is. He just, you know, opens a car door with his powers, which is still kind of a dope move. But yeah. I don't know. I, I could buy that a little bit. Um, mm. I don't know. I think the powers in this one definitely felt like more of a... Like, it was on the back burner more than it was in Life is Strange 1. Like, yeah. it was, they were always there. They influenced Daniel a lot. But I found myself pretty quickly forgetting about them for the majority of the episode because it only came into play now and again when there was, like, a rock blocking a critical path or something. Well, I mean, just, like, I was kind of shocked when the power presented for this was telekinesis. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just seemed very... um baseline based in like you know what physical like sort of manipulation yeah, it's not a narrative it's not, power yeah it is a it, it's 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 a very gameplay power that i'd expect like you know an action game to have and not necessarily mm -hmm. a narrative game to have it's strange it oh oh oh, oh we were so wrong <laughs> Oh my god, we were so wrong. What the fuck? <laughs> oh lord, I'm so glad that saying the word strange was able to bring about that much of a reaction. <laughs> we're fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, winding down, is there is there anything else you really want to talk about with uh, Life is Strange 2? I want to talk about it for more time. I want to talk about it for it a lot longer. I want to that's listenable. Not two and a half hours long um, because we can't put that out oh life is strange baby that's it that's it baby what do you think what do you think we're gonna see another one you think we're gonna see a season three i think i think so but my read on it is this game did not sell very well compared to yeah. season one which is i think a shame and i think we were we were critical of that early on in terms of like hey guys come on do like try it but i i you know, at the end of the day, I totally understand not wanting to buy an episodic game before it's all out, and I think that the full package didn't come together the way that Life is Strange 1 did. I still think the game's worth playing, for sure. Yeah. Um, I would have to recommend it with some caveats, unlike with Season 1, but um, I, I would imagine somewhere down the line we see a Season 3. But, I mean, Don't Not has two more games announced right now. Um, I think the team that probably worked on... Um, Vampire is probably working on Twin Mirror, which is coming out in 2020. Yeah, that game. And they just awesome. recently, yeah, uh, they just recently released um, like a maybe a trailer or just an announcement for Tell Me Why, which is a new episodic game, which they say is three episodes long and will be out um, in full by the end of summer 2020, which is I think like a 
mystery about a pair of twins. I don't know what if there's a supernatural element to it. Um, I do know they were. Um, they said that it is going to feature a, I believe, a transgender character. I don't remember if it was it's a trans male to female, male. female to male. Okay, gotcha. Um, so that's you know that is something they're touting, which I think. Hey, we have very little trans representation in games, oh, yeah. so I'm all for that. But also, they don't have a trans writer on the team, and they said that they were like, "We've got a lot of consultants," and like, "That's you should find a trans writer, so you don't totally fuck this one up." Also, um, that's shouldn't be a selling point, but good for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, I, I agree. A lot of you don't want it. that are like the f- this is the first with a trans male, like you know, that's popular. It's kind of like, I. Uh, Oh, cool, but you don't want it to be a bullet point on the back of the box, but also, like, that is just a thing we don't see in AAA yes. games. So it is still cool that it can be out there and be like, hey, we are, like, this form of representation is not just lacking in the AAA space, it is non existent in the AAA space. So we are going to intentionally try to present this representation. I think, again, that's cool, but there's a lot of weight on their shoulders because, you know, this doesn't exist. For, it exists in, like, indie game spaces, but not AAA spaces. So, like, don't fuck it up, guys. Just don't fuck it up. You know, we talked about what a Life is Strange game is. And I want to backpedal just a slight, just a tinge. Because mm-hmm. I honestly think that I would have had a different feeling about this game. Only slightly. A lot of the things I still would have felt if they didn't call it Life is Strange. I think, and I think a lot of the community, because they're comparing it so often because mm-hmm. it has the same title like maybe this is just they've just they've seen this too and they've said we don't want to brand it like this anymore because people keep comparing it to the one game you know the one game and it's like maybe they're just exiting that space in that universe and i would be more than happy for them to do so because i love the life is strange fandom in a way that I don't really love them, but they're cool. <laughs> and I just, I, <laughs> and I, I love them in the way that that last sentence was a lie. Yeah. But, but like, I think they just want to escape from that. And I, I kind of hope that they do, to be honest. But I mean, I, I think I don't. I think I don't. Right. I think, um, I do love the Life is Strange fandom. They're an extremely passionate group of folks, um, who latched onto some powerful emotional themes. I do think there are, a small number of them who need to engage with better media because Life is Strange is very good. Don't get me wrong. I had a strong emotional reaction to the first game, but it is not like the best written media that exists. Um, but I, I, I like them developing and iterating on these themes. I like anthologies like that. I like it. I, the only thing I want them to be able to get away from is saying like, Hey, this is a new story entirely. I don't want people to be thinking this will be like the last one because I do want them to feel like they have the creative range, but I also I, I like the idea of it being an anthology package. Like, I don't know. that That is the type of thing that I am always kind of a sucker for is like, hey, here's a new story that is in the same universe that iterates on ideas from the previous one but is not in any way connected to it story-wise. Sure. I Just don't have David show up in Life is Strange. Yeah, today. that's what I was going to say. Just like don't... Or do... If David shows up in every Life is Strange for the next six seasons, that, and by the end he's like an old dude, I'm into that. And then we jump into his mind and just play all the Life is Strange games. <laughs> that would be perfect. That would be perfect. That would be cool. Be great. No, I, I, I'm okay with the same universe. I just, I just hope they can escape the legacy of Life is Strange 1, because I feel like yeah. 
when I go into the Life is Strange subreddit or communities, they're not talking about this game. They're talking about the other one, and I get frustrated by that. I I understand mm. that they liked the first one a lot, but I just I wish we could just talk about the second one more. <laughs> you know, I I agree, but maybe I am curious. I was never a part of any Life is Strange community or fandom before the full season was yeah. out. So I wonder if there is a large contingent of people, uh, maybe a significant portion of them that were just like, I will buy it when all five episodes are out. And maybe we'll see like, you know, a strengthening of how much this is talked about in those fandoms. Because like, yeah. there are people that just don't like episodic games. And I honestly can't blame them because sometimes waiting three months to play another two hours is not worth it at all. Yeah. Unless you're doing a podcast and need to. Well, if there are any Life is Strange 2 heads out there that come out later, I'll eat my shorts. But <laughs> let's we'll see. <laughs> Hold you to it. <laughs> um, anyway, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Yeah? Yeah. I think, yeah, Life is Strange 2, Season 2, overall. I was pretty happy with it. I think it had some, some missteps. I don't think it quite landed what it was trying to. But I was glad to see it get out there and take those swings. And I was glad to to be a part of this journey. Yeah, I'm. I was... I was mostly happy to, like, be there when they drop, even though I'm not directly interacting with, you know, a lot of people who are talking about it. I I do – I love being there when it happens, you know what I mean, and feeling like I'm at the – I'm there with the, the releases of them. So it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. You're a part of the thing. And you know what? Overall, I did genuinely enjoy this, and it'll stick with me, but there was a lot of missteps, just like you said. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's wrap it up here. Um, thank you so much for sticking with us through and through, through all the episodes, if you did, or just this one. It's still a long journey, long podcast It's journey. still a long fucking episode. Um, so if you liked what you heard here today, we have a Twitter. It's at Thoughts from P1, a Facebook. Just search for Thoughts from Player One. Um, and uh, we have an email. A YouTube channel as of now. Yeah, YouTube channel. You can search for Thoughts from Player One. Watch that We Must Build a Zoo episode. It's funny. It's funny. Um, it is very light. Yes. Go for very it. light. Um, and uh, an email at thoughtsfromplayer1 at gmail.com. Email us any games you'd be interested in us playing or any questions you may have. Um, you know, if they're good questions, we'll either just kind of like, you know, say them on the episode on a different one or just email you back about our response to it and i think yeah, that's and, about uh, it again we said it at the top of the episode but i just want to say it again um i mean first off for the people who listen to these thank you so much our life is strange episodes typically get like twice as many downloads as our non-life is strange episodes um which makes me feel a little bad about how much we dunk on the fandom sometimes but you know what here we are um but if you, if you liked it, definitely go ahead. and we, we play a ton of games. Like I said, they're all narrative-focused games for the most part. I think we did Doom. Doom doesn't really count. But everything else has been narrative-focused. Most of the games are genuinely really good. Um, like Duncan gave some suggestions at the top of the episode for, for other episodes to go listen to or other games to play. Um, you know, If you're curious, hey, you can always shoot us an email and say, I really liked this part about Life is Strange. Do you have a game recommendation? We will happily recommend something for yeah. you. Um, so, so listen to those and, and let us know if there's something you want us to, to play that falls into that vein. But again, just, you know, thanks for, for sticking with us for this journey. Um, this will be, you know, like I said, ostensibly the last Life is Strange episode for the foreseeable future, which is the first time we have ever had to say that. So, and listen, you know, listen, just all thanks. Those, all those uh, things I said about people and the separates and the fandoms, that's not you. Don't worry. That's not you. If you're listening to this, it's not you. nah, it's you're smart as hell. Not you're not you. one of them. It's not you, baby. You're one of us. Maybe it's we're someone else. It's not you. It's me. We're not. We're not different. We're the same. But 
we do a podcast so we can say we're different. That's true. Um, what, hit me with that greeting card. All right. For the greeting card this week, we have a very special Life is Strange 2 themed greeting oh. card. Here it is. I'll read the front and then the inside. Okay. Who needs a million bucks when they have a brother like you? The inside, me. Me needs a million bucks. <laughs> I just <laughs> like to read a, a four-star <laughs> review for this one. <laughs> by reviewed by Marion. Funny card. My brother liked it. Quality paper and fast service. <laughs> so good. Go. I'm happy for Marion. And uh, to did. honor our brother wolves, Sean and Daniel, we will close out tonight with a howl. You ready? Let's do it. Ow! 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 